Here's Elliott side by side down the back stretch. Chastain in turn one drives it in deep to the bottom. Problems along the front stretch. Kyle Larson gets sideways. He's young. He's informed. He's J.C. Fickenshire. And it's time now to raise the door on J.C.'s Garage. Welcome to J.C.'s Garage. I'm J.C. Fickenshire, joined by David Stiles. William Byron gets his fourth win of the year, kind of steals one at Atlanta, but man, that about an hour straight of probably the best racing I've ever seen. Um, with with weather on the way, I, I think teams were pretty anxious uh, about getting the race, getting up in, in the front uh, and getting track position, but that, that racing for about the last hour of that race was just incredible. I, I was at the track, um, and it was one of those situations where you couldn't take your eyes off the track because you'd think you'd miss something. And and it's also it was really hard to figure out who you were watching because you're searching around the track. Uh, they were three wide, two wide, pretty much the entire race. I, I thought the racing was incredible. Uh, but, but again, William Byron, fourth win of the year, kind of stole one here uh, with the weather on the way, but still leading leading Hendrick in wins and points. So I think that's something big to talk about for him. I agree. And he's having a breakout season. I've, I kind of, I don't want to pat myself on the back too much, but at the beginning of the year, I kept saying, this is his year. He's going to come out of his shell. He's been at Hendrick now for six years, 199 races. It, it, It was time. I mean, we've, we've seen him before at this team where he was almost in my mind seen as the little brother and now he's finally kind of coming into his own. He looks very mature. I think him paired with Rudy Fugel is a deadly combination on the racetrack. And as we saw this past Sunday night, they made the right call at the right time. I mean, he spun at the beginning of this wreck, got put back in the back of the field, drove his way back up through the front. They made a crucial pit stop and crucial strategy call there right before that uh, weather came into play, and he was able to get out in front. And Daniel Suarez had a, a pretty good race car and he was able to get in front of him when they threw that last caution for weather in the area so i i don't know if i can really agree and say he stole one i mean he's been very consistent and very good all year long and i think that he's probably the best chevy car right now and as we kind of move forward into this i want to ask you do you think Chevy is now the premier super speedway team? They've won eight out of the last nine super speedway races. Do you feel like they're pretty much untouchable when we go to Daytona in a couple weeks? Um, I mean, it, they're going to be the favorites again, don't you think? Well, I, I think for Daytona and Talladega, I'd say Chevy's the one to beat. But Atlanta, I think it's a little bit different. I think if uh, this race didn't come down towards rain and, and lightning, I think a Ford would have won it. Uh, the last l- couple laps of that race before um, stage two, it was kind of led by Penske and Roush, and, and those five drivers uh, with, between those teams kind of were in the top ten all day and basically racing for the win, uh, especially Brad Keselowski and Ryan Blaney. Uh, be- before the weather came in and they had to come pit for, for fuel, uh, those two drivers were kind of battling it out. So I, I think at Talladega and Daytona, the Chevys are, are ruling that track. But Atlanta, just the style that it races, I think the Fords, honestly, I think a Ford would have won this race if it went all the way. Well, and don't forget, Chris Buescher led 39 laps of this mm-hmm. thing, too. So he he had a very strong day. And 
you know, the, the points are starting to get really tight kind of at the, the back end of the field, but I don't think we need to forget that there's a couple of drivers that are really separating themselves right now in the points category, and that would be William Byron, Kyle Busch, and, and a couple of the others. I mean, Kyle finished fifth. Um, again, it, it's one of those things where, where we don't have a dominant car, but I think William Byron could probably get into that stratosphere if he wins a couple more races. I mean, we only have seven left in the regular season, but do you think we're going to have someone break away here at the tail end of the summer as we get ready to close this thing down? Uh, I, I don't, I, I, the reason I don't think we'll have anybody kind of break out is because the last three races, two of them were track house, one of them were Hendrick, but a driver in his first career start, Ross Chastain breaking a, a pretty big winless streak, uh, and, and William Byron, who has been probably the most consistent car all year round. And, and William Byron was really good at the start of the year. He, Throughout the start of the summer, he's been solid, but didn't have the win that that I think we both expected. Uh, but now tags along to that win count. Uh, I think William Byron right now is the most consistent driver. Um, he's leading Hendrick, which is pretty big to say. But I, I think these next couple races, a lot of them are there's all tracks are diverse till we go to Daytona, and um, I, I think really anybody can win these next uh, couple of races. So this is his, what, eighth career win in the 24? And then combined, I think him and Jeff Gordon have 101 one wins. So do you think that he will ever, you know, eclipse Jeff Gordon in any way? I mean, he's raced six six seasons already, and he only has eight wins. But, he, I mean, you have to look at this kind of in, in a, you know, a future aspect. He's very young to have only raced six years. I mean, he's still in his 20s. Do you think that he could... You know, I'm not saying that he's going to get to 80 plus wins, but do you think that he could eventually, you know, get close to that? I mean, how many wins do you think the 24 car could have at the end of his tenure? I, I think that he'll, if he can keep it up and he stays in the 24 car for, let's say, eight more years, I think he could get around 40 or 50 if if he gets into his own. The way he's racing right now, he's he came into the season with four wins right now. He's sitting with four wins in this season. So he, he's doing really, really good right now. Um, but I don't know if he'll be able to hold that up. I think 40s out of the question, honestly, for any driver in the NASCAR cup series right now, um, as, as a rookie trying to reach that number, I think it's pretty much impossible. Uh, the way these cars are racing right now and, and, how even it is, it's so hard to, to go on and win 10 races a year. Um, but I, I think William Byron, if he stays the way he's racing right now for another 8 to 10 years, I think he can get around 40, 40 or 50, but I, I think that's asking a lot still. So let's transition a little bit into the second place car, and that was Daniel Suarez. He had the Quaker State colors on there, uh, what what was your opinion and how good of a run was this for Trackhouse as he came in second? I, I thought, honestly, I thought Daniel Suarez was faster than William Byron watching it towards the end there. Um, he, William Byron was able to hold him off, and you got to give a lot of credit for to William to, to be able to hold an aggressive driver like Daniel Suarez, and that's why you picked him last uh, week is because of the aggressiveness from from the Trackhouse drivers. That, that this track, you need to be pretty aggressive to pass. And Daniel Suarez was trying that. It's just 
the driver behind him, whether it was A.J. Allmendinger or Michael McDowell, they just couldn't give him a, a good enough push to get around William Byron. So I think Daniel Suarez had an, a really, really good run. Um, puts him on the upside of the playoffs right now, uh, sitting just in on points. But then again, or just outside, it moved him up past uh, uh, the Michael McDowell. Well, he's three but, to the good right now. Him and McDowell are tied. Yep. And then you could basically throw a blanket from about 15th down to 20th. And, I mean, they're pretty close. I mean, Suarez, McDowell, plus three. Bubba Wallace, minus three. And then you've got A.J. Allmendinger in the mix. I think he's at plus, what is that, plus 13, plus 11. So those four drivers right there, I mean, this is a toss-up. And, I mean, Allmendinger finished in third, gained 40-something points. Mm -hmm. So... And McDowell in fourth, gaining 39 points. So this is, you know, there's still a couple of races out there, and we're going to a couple of road courses where McDowell's really good, A.J. Allmendinger's really good. So these guys are not out of the hunt yet, and this is not a fluke. I mean, they're these are quality race car drivers just in, you know, pretty solid equipment at this point. So now, I, like I said last week, we did a, uh, a rating based on, on what we thought the races were. We kind of started that off last week. Let's uh, let's throw it right into there. What did what did you think Atlanta on a on a scale out of ten? What would you say? It is? Uh, see, we again, this is one of those situations where we had some rain and mm-hmm. there's some weather, and so I, it's going to be really hard for me to give it like a, a ten. Like I don't, I, we're not going to go there. Like we've yeah, already said that there's like, ten is like impossible. the holy grail. I think it's almost impossible. But we did see some really good racing, and I know a lot of people they don't really get turned on by super speedway racing you either love it or you hate it yeah. to me i like it i think it's entertaining i like the restarts i like the pack racing i like bump drafting i like everything that you can do with the arrow and if you're really good at a track like this you, you know it's easy to pull for people because you can also pull for those underdogs we didn't you know get the opportunity to see a lot of that because Corey lajoy wrecked out and then we had a bunch of the smaller teams you know get caught up in some stuff and they really, it didn't really materialize to to kind of go the way that I wanted it to go. Am I happy that William Byron won? Yeah, because it kind of sheds light on the crystal ball that I had at the beginning of the year, like I said earlier. So I think I'm going to give this, I mean, it was really good racing, but it wasn't like, I don't think it was good as what we saw in Chicago the week before. Mm-hmm. I think it's a little bit below that. So I think I'm going to go probably a solid 7.7. I'm, if there were no rain and we kind of got to see the last 75 laps, I think it would be higher for me, but I think a, a high seven is probably about where I would rate it. That's kind of, you know, middle of the road. Yeah, I, I think mine's a little bit different. I think being there changed it up a little too. Uh, the rain definitely going to hinder a, a lot of my scale uh, and another uncontrollable event, but I think the, about the hour I saw from like end of stage one to the end of the race was was some of the most entertaining racing I've I've ever seen, and and I think Chicago comparing it to Chicago's hard. I think the racing we saw at Chicago was awesome, but I, I think they're totally different. And and the super speedway style racing is is entertaining, but in a different way of entertaining. I, I thought this race was really really good. Um, again, rain hindered it. Uh, a William Byron for me, I. Doesn't doesn't take any points off William Byron winning it. I, I'm fine with that. Uh, I think I'm gonna rate this right about an eight point one. I, I thought the race was really good. I, I think if we had no rain and it and it 
stayed that racy and went all the way to the end. Probably would have been around a nine, but I think eight one with how the race went towards the end with the rain is is the good rating for me. I, I see that. I mean, I and I might be a little low on mine, but I, I mean that's just kind of how I yeah. feel about it. Seven seven's about mm-hmm. as high as I want to go because I don't want to. The thing is, we don't know what we don't know yet. Yeah. Like we could see something better, and I don't want to rate something. Mm-hmm. kind of astronomically before we've had more data. So I know that this is a new segment. Um, I think we might yeah. try to put a poll up and see what our listeners thought about the yeah. last race and then like see see where you guys rated it. So this week you said yours was what, an 8.1? 8. 8. So an 8.1 minus 7.7. So let's see what you guys think. Uh, we'll figure out how to put that up and give you a poll on it. So yeah. that's our uh, ranking of the week there for Atlanta. What do you think this, you know, playoff picture is going to look like after this next race in New Hampshire? I, I think that A.J. Allmendinger really needed a good race at Atlanta. Um, for him, I, I circle the road courses as his shot to get in. He really hasn't showed a ton of speed on the ovals, but here and there he'll he'll show up. But the road courses are really his big shot to get in. Uh, Daniel Suarez, though, is the guy I look at right around the cut line. We know he's got the car. We know he has the skills. He's just got to get over the hump again. Uh, just just like uh, I think last year when we're looking at him going over and getting that first win, I think he's he's right around the cutoff line. I think he's got all the talent in the world to, to get in on points. I think he's got all the talent in the world to get another win. And these racetracks that are coming up are should should be really good for him. We got a couple a couple intermediates and some road courses, which he's shown really good speed at. And then Daytona, which he's always in the mix on the super speedways, just the aggression level he shows. I, I think that I look at Daniel Suarez, if, if Trackhouse keeps up the speed that they've brought the last couple weeks, I think he's he's the one I'm looking at right now. And before we transition over to something else, it's probably not the best kept secret because we've seen a lot of social media posts about it. And Anheuser-Busch has posted a few things and Trackhouse has posted a few things. And they are going to move off of Kevin Harvick's car. They've been on the four car for Stuart Haas since 2016. Bush Light is going to sign a multi-year deal with Ross Chastain for 2024 and beyond to be the primary sponsor of the number one car for Trackhouse. This is, I mean, this is huge. This is big news. This is a great get for Chastain and for Justin Marks. What's your opinion on this? This this is really, really big. Uh, I think th- we saw a couple posts that said around maybe 18 races next year in the 2024 season for, for Anheuser-Busch to be on tr- uh, the number one car for Ross Chastain and for a, a title sponsor for the NASCAR Cup Series, too. Uh, this is going to be really big for for that number one team in Trackhouse in general. Um, a, a big brand. Uh, we've seen it on Kevin Harvey's car for the p- past like seven years. Uh, it's going to really bring some money into that team, uh, and and I think if they're going to use that money and they're going to be really competitive again. And uh, I think eighteen races is the big thing I'm looking at uh, when a sponsor is coming in for that many, or, or that's a speculative number. Uh, that's about half of the season, so that's that's a pretty that's big huge. deal um, for Trackhouse. I, I think this is really good uh, for for the Ross Chastain and Trackhouse. And like you said, with it being a premier level sponsor, I mean, you've got to think that this is one of your biggest partners in NASCAR doubling down on what I believe to be not. You know, he's technically not the most popular driver in NASCAR. That goes to Chase Elliott, but I fully believe that those 
people down in Dawsonville stuff that ballot box as full as they can stuff it. They're voting four or five times a day with multiple accounts. I think Chastain has the ability to transcend the sport in a sense where he is kind of like a Jeff Gordon, kind of like a, you, you know, they've, they've compared him to Dale Earnhardt. I think he could be in that same realm where he's an icon of the sport. And so with a big partnership like this, I think it just adds to the validity and his reputation of, you know, being right for this sport and being in the right place at the right time. And I think he's just going to continue to develop. I mean, we, we saw him kind of have a lackluster start to the summer, but I do believe that they could turn it on here. I mean, Trackhouse won two in a row. First time they've ever done that. Daniel Suarez had a great opportunity to make it three in a row. I think they're the ones to shine here at the end of this, you know, regular season. We got seven races left. And mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it just goes to show that, you know, Hendrick, yes, they are the number one Chevy team, but I think this Justin Marks group and Pitbull group, they have an opportunity to vie for position to be, you know, arguably right there in lockstep with Hendrick Motorsports. Yeah, I, I agree. And whether you like the way Ross Chastain races or not, he's probably produced some of the most memorable moments of, in racing that we've seen in the last two, two and a half or one and a half years. Uh, he's he's really transcended to one of the most popular drivers and, and getting a premier sponsor for, like I said, 18 races or so. That, that's going to be a really big deal. And the way Trackhouse is racing right now, I, I think they're in a great position um, like you said, two races, two race wins in a row, almost three with Daniel Suarez and almost with three different drivers too, to say, um, I think going into the playoffs, having one driver already locked in another one, trying to fight in for, an, for another, uh, playoff chance like he had last year. I, I think Trackhouse is in a really good position. I think Ross Chastain's going to c- contend for the title again this year and, and just more news for them for next year. So do you think that, um, you know, with with all the things that have happened for them in the past, you know, twenty four months, the you know he he the great win at Coda where he bumps, mm-hmm. you know Bowman and Almendinger out of the way, wins his first career race. Then he wins again at Talladega, smashing the watermelons. Then he has the wall ride at Martinsville to edge out Denny Hamlin to make it to the final round of the playoffs. And then, you know, coming in and, and being super aggressive and wrecking people and everyone mad at him. He He's, you know, it's the, kind of like that thing of no publicity is, you know, even bad publicity is good publicity. Like, yeah. you want people to be talking about you. Do you think that this is probably the most electrifying team that we have right now, this number one team in the sport? Absolutely. I, I think that Trackhouse is kind of ruling the world of NASCAR right now. Not necessarily in the win aspect and in points, but they are are probably the biggest talked about team, most talked about drivers. Uh, I I think we have, and uh, I think that's a good thing. When when we come off of last year, and I don't want to take anything off of Joey Logano, but we hardly talk about him winning a championship. But we always go back to Ross Chastain and what he did in Martinsville to give himself a shot at a championship. And and I think Trackhouse right now, having two great owners in Justin Marks and Pitbull, uh, they're kind of revolutionizing how a NASCAR team's run and uh, kind of modernizing it and trying to reach different fan bases, bases, which is a really good thing. And I think that's what's needed in the sport right now. And, and having two really good drivers 
and easy to like drivers, whether you like the way Ross Chastain races or not, you can like him pretty easily just by the way he is, way he races on track, way he is with the fans. Same thing with Daniel Suarez. Uh, I, I think Trackhouse right now is in the best position in NASCAR as, as a team can be. Um, and, and I think that they're only going to get better with the Sennheiser-Busch sponsorship and, and going into the future. So now as we tr- transition to Loudon, this is a very flat, very different style racetrack than we've had over the past couple of weeks. It's only a mile long, well, 1.058 miles, and it's flat, very flat. And they're going to do 301 laps on this joker. And last year, Christopher Bell won this race. Toyota very dominant. I mean, you had Bell winning the race. Chase Elliott came in second. Bubba Wallace in third. Martin Truex Jr. fourth. Kevin Harvick fifth. Denny Hamlin sixth. That's kind of your top six from last year. And then the previous year, Eric Almarola won the uh, shortened, or not shortened race, but the almost shortened race due to no no light because they don't have lights at this track. So it was almost too dark to race. So we've had a couple of one-off winners the past couple of years, and this is really kind of what started Christopher Bell's push toward the end of the playoffs last year where he had that opportunity to win and advance, and he did that a couple of different times. So what do you think we'll see when we head to New England this weekend for the uh, Crayon 301? Uh, I think we're going to see a really good race. I, I like the way this track races. Uh, uh, takes a lot of skill to get around it, but it's also kind of a kind of a road course style where it's it's very rhythm based. You have to connect the corners, very similar corners. Uh, I, I think the racing here in the past couple of years has been pretty solid, and I think with this car, it will see another good race. I have a couple guys I'm thinking about already for uh, who I'm going to pick this weekend. But, but yeah, it's going to be a little bit cooler going up there. The last couple of races down in the south have been uh, not cool at all. Um, but we're going to go back up north, and, and we're going to get a cool race. Track will be a, a lot cooler than it was down in Atlanta, even at night. Uh, so, I, so I think this track, really, really good positioning on where it is in the season um, and, and a very diverse track to end the stretch of uh, summer races going into the playoffs. Yeah, and we've only got seven races left, and I know Elliott finished second here last year. He's he's not even in the playoff picture right now. I mean, he's he's mired back there for, you know, he's, he didn't even really gain that many points this past weekend in Atlanta, and he's, let's see, where is he? I'm trying to find him. He is 23rd. So do you how much pressure do you think he is feeling coming into this race this weekend where he's been typically pretty decent I mean, it, it's got to almost be at the tipping point, right? I mean, the pressure inside that keg is is pretty high. Yeah, it, it's getting pretty high, especially coming off a track, Atlanta, where he won at last year. And uh, I, I think a lot of people expected him to do really well at uh, Atlanta. And even though we saw comers and goers in the race last or a couple nights ago, uh, he really wasn't a player at all in, in the race. He kept the, the car clean, but was never inside the top five uh, and never really racing for that win. So I, I think that the pressure is only building for him, and, and I don't feel comfortable about him as of right now getting in. I, I just haven't seen enough from him. Obviously, that switch can turn on instantly with a Hendrick car winning this weekend too. Uh, I, I think going to a track, another track that he should be good at, flat, takes a lot of skill, kind of a road course style, like I said, the way the turns are set up, very rhythm track. He, we know he's a good road course driver, but he, he really needs a win. He's creeping up on points, but still, it, he's not going to make it on points. He's got to get a win, 
Uh, and I think he can do it. I'm not putting that out, but it, it just isn't looking good right now. For me, like you said, he's creeping up in points, and, and it's more like watching molasses in the middle of the wintertime as he creeps up on points. I mean, it's very slow and arduous. And the thing is, is I heard a stat the other day listening to Larry Mack, and he said out of all the opportunities, I think it's he's had 25-something opportunities to score stage points this year in the races that he's been eligible to race in. And out of those 25 attempts, I think he's only scored stage stage points like seven times and he's not scored any of those stage points when he's been in the top five of the stage and just like Atlanta this past weekend if we look at the stats where did he finish in stage one and two he's not even on the board he didn't Mm -hmm. finish in the top 10 he got no stage points he only cleared 24 points for this weekend to me it's if he continues to run this way he's not going to make it he's going to have to win a race and, I, and I'm like you, that him being out of the car for this extended period of time for the few weeks when he broke his leg and then for the suspension, I don't think that he's in any rhythm. He's not in, you know, summer rhythm of driving the race car, and I don't know if he's going to be able to find it in these next seven races and somehow punch his way into the playoffs. Yeah, I, I could see him winning, but, like, it, it's hard to say in this day and age of NASCAR, we... We can talk about a guy being so low and so out of it, and they'll come back the next week and break a massive winless streak out of nowhere. So I'm not going to say that it's not a, there's not a chance. Obviously, being in a Hendrick car and being a past-time champion and, and racing for a championship last year, he— is it 50-50, or are you thinking it's... I think it's a little more than 50. I'd say with the upcoming races we have, you got to expect like Watkins Glen and Indianapolis Road Course, those two two tracks he should be good at, and, and Watkins Glen especially. Uh, but I'd say it's probably around 60-40 right now. There, I think 60, a, 60% he gets in. 60% he gets in. I, I still... I still think he should be able to get a win. Being, being in a nine car, I, I think a pastime champion... I expect him to turn one of these races on, and I could see it come out, but it, it just hasn't really led up to it. I think it's a little more than 50-50, though. I can kind of see that. I mean, I am i don't want to count anybody out. I mean, we're, we've got seven races left. We've seen some wacky stuff happen. I mean, we had a ton of winners last year, and then we thought that everyone was we we're going to have more winners than we had spots for, and then with Kurt Busch's injury, that, that didn't really happen. So... I mean, we technically have 13 winners this year. It's just saying Shane Van Gisbergen doesn't count because he's not a full-time cup driver. Mm-hmm. So as we get ready to go into New Hampshire, I don't know if Trackhouse will set the world on fire at this place. I mean, Ross is he's pretty good, and Daniel really needs a win. So I think they're really feeling the pressure. So I, I look at those two cars to be really good. Um, mm-hmm. I think Almirola will be good here again as well. I think he's kind of got the prowess for this place. But I think the guy that I'm going to circle the most, he's won here a ton, and it's his final year. I think Harvick. Harvick is going to – I am not. I don't know if I'm going to pick him to win, but he finished pretty well last year in this race, and they were atrocious last year as well. So I, I think that this is kind of starting to get into the point to where he's going to have to win a race, and if he does, that's going to really, you know, 
upset the apple cart because he's in what 13th 14th right now mm -hmm. and if he does that it'll lock him in and then he doesn't have to worry about it for the next six races so I, I think that if if he can go out there and be competitive and continue to race towards the front and gets a chance at a win i mean they call him the closer for a reason if he can get down to the the end of this thing and be close i think that he could steal one away and then lock himself in and then who knows what could happen as he gets ready to ride off into the sunset yeah, you kind of just stole my pick there. I, I've i been thinking about it. I, I had that guy circled for a while, and, and I haven't picked Kevin Harvick at all this year, but this is a track just like Phoenix, those those right-on-a-mile flat tracks. He's he's really, really good at them, but I, I think your pick there with Kevin Harvick's really good. Uh, I, I'm going to guess change it up a little bit. I think it's going to be a Toyota if it's not Harvick and a I think Christopher Bell is going to be really good. I think Denny Hamlin will be pretty good. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be either of them. I got Ty Gibbs. I ah, think I like the it. rookie, uh, he's he's had a very solid season. I think going into a flat track, Toyotas were really, really strong last year. I think he's got a shot to win it. So that's, that's who you're picking. You're going to pick Gibbs. I am. If you're going to pick Gibbs, I'm going to go with Harvick then. I'll, I'll, mm -hmm. I'll double down on what I said. Yeah. I think... I think if he's going to do it, this is the time to do it. Get your name in the win column and lock yourself in. Thanks, David, for joining me. I'm J.C. Fickenshire, and thanks for stopping by The Garage.